Hello and welcome to Game on Girl on the Go. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, and you may know me from the Geek Embassy, where I'm the head geek. You may know me from Twitter, where I'm known as Doc Liz with two Zs. And you may know me from the original Game on Girl podcast, which is still available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and all your other streaming outlets. Um, or you may not know me. You may not know Game on Girl and uh, the dissertation and all of the other fantastic stuff I've done over the last few years. Um, I have been going over my gamer types that I found in my dissertation in these first few episodes, and I apologize for the um, delay in getting out this next episode, Uh, but this crazy thing called the holidays happened, and after that was this crazy thing called me getting sick, uh, which tends to go together. Uh, So I'm back now, and I'm committed to doing weekly content on Game on Girl on the Go, uh, which I will usually be recording from my car, Um, perhaps. um, I'm recording this episode today from my home because I wanted to talk about role players, uh, which was the second category of gamers I found when I did my original dissertation research on women and identity in digital role-playing games. Now, the reason why I wanted to record this episode in particular at home is because these this gamer type um, I found to be at a level of dedication to the story they created in the game beyond anything that I would have ever considered. And I will fully admit that when I started playing World of Warcraft way back in the vanilla days of WoW, I didn't really know what a role-playing game was. I mean, I had attempted to play Dungeons & Dragons when I was young. Um, I'd been fascinated by the boxes in the toy store, and I begged my mom until she finally bought me a beginner's red box. And I took it home, and I was so excited. And if you've ever played in any of the red boxes that they sold back in those days... Um, there were a couple of things that were missing from the box. Namely, um, the dungeon master was missing, uh, which I didn't realize you needed other people with you in order to play a role-playing game. So um, I ended up dropping it pretty quickly because I didn't have any resources at the time to find anybody to play with. I had picked up World of Warcraft <clears throat> kind of on a whim, just looking at something new that had been out to try. And I thought it was kind of fun and engaging, and, well, WoW was and still is fun and engaging. So when I started the research, I didn't really understand that there was a whole culture around role-playing already built into digital role-playing games, which had come out of a long tradition of role-playing that had gone on in text formats and all kinds of different uh, places on the web long before visual uh, games like World of Warcraft had come along. Um, so when I started interviewing people, and um, I went back through my dissertation because I'm going to read some quotes from the women I talked to. When I started interviewing people for the dissertation, the very first person I interviewed called herself a role player. And I was kind of blown away because I didn't know that this was like really something that people went in and did. Like all I had done was like popped into WoW and had some fun and, you know, uh, blew some stuff up, ran a couple dungeons, you know, did the thing. But I didn't realize that there was like this whole subculture involved in World of Warcraft. So it was pretty eye-opening for me. So um, I really wanted to give these gamer, this gamer type in particular, some serious time and consideration because um, 
because of the time they commit to the game, because I thought it was just so remarkable. So the definition of a role player is probably pretty easy to think about. Uh, they go into a digital role-playing game um, or an offline or a tabletop role-playing game, and they create an identity for themselves separate of who they are. Uh, in the last episode, I talked about self-gamers who pointedly go into digital role-playing games and create a version of themselves. They'll match their hair color, their eye color, their favorite colors and clothes. They go through as much detail as they can to make sure they are represented in the game. Role-players are the exact opposite. Role-players go in and create a separate character um, to play outside of themselves. Um, they are dedicated. Uh, they one of the things that stood out as I reviewed the interviews was that role players will speak of their avatars in the third person. So where self players kind of flip back and forth, but mostly talk about their avatars in first person. I was doing this. I did that. I got this achievement. Role players will talk about their characters. She was wielding this sword. She was doing this. She was doing that. And so it became a very easy way for me to code the data saying, you know, here are people talking about themselves as the avatars and here are people who are not talking about themselves as the avatars. So um, the first interview I had was with a gamer called uh, Samaya and she talks about how um, she based her choices for uh, class and race of her avatar based on what she wanted to role play. So here is uh, the quote I have from her. Uh, I'm actually a role player. Role playing is my first love and wow comes second to it. And when I originally made my blood elf priest, I'd intended to role play very seriously with her, which is the reason why I wanted her to be a priest and I wanted her to be a blood elf because I wanted her to heal and be this very soft-spoken character who, you know, sort of got coerced into this domestic lifestyle by her father and escapes to become a battle priest. That was my original intention. Obviously, that sort of box wouldn't work with any other race in the Horde because they are generally a militaristic bunch. Um, so I want to point out a couple of things about this. One is how much thought she put into choosing race and class before she actually went into the character creator. Uh, for someone like me who leans more towards self-gamer, I usually just hop in and I'm like, I don't know, what do I want to play? What looks cool? Which is how I ended up with my druid as my one of my first um, avatars, because I just thought it would be cool to turn into an animal. Um, and uh, she took into consideration beyond just what she wanted to do, what the characteristics of the race and class within the broader scope of the game was. And if you know anything about World of Warcraft and you know anything about the two factions, you have the Alliance and the Horde, uh, the Horde is definitely more militaristic. Um, they tend to be more quote-unquote violent. Everybody's violent. It's a video game based on violence. Um, but they tend to be seen as more violent, more likely to instigate problems, etc., etc., uh, more aggressive. Um, and the Blood Elf race uh, was one of the attempts and one of the expansions um, to uh, sort of soften the Horde and their um, and their militaristic or their sort of aggressive outlook. So they actually had magic wielders um, or this specific type of magic wielders for elves. So the fact that she took into consideration not just the story that she was making about 
a young girl who wanted to get away from kind of a domestic lifestyle that had been, you know, placed on her by her family and wanted to be a battle priest, she also took into consideration the standing that race had within the broader story of the game itself. And so just that alone shows a depth of consideration that she made to that character that, like I said, I, you know, I picked Alliance when I started playing and I had no idea what any of it meant. <laughs> I like, hadn't done any research. I hadn't been in the game for very, you know, for very long. I just kind of jumped in to see what would happen. Um, and so it is definitely um, a lot more time and energy put into the choices made before the game. Um, and before the character was actually made because she had in her mind the story and so the character had to match the story, which was definitely something um, I saw throughout every role player that I talked to. So another one of the role players that I have a quote here that I'm going to read her story and I'm going to skip around a little bit in this one because this is a very long and detailed um, quote. It actually spans more than a page in my dissertation. Uh, so the, the uh, gamer's name was McSherry. And if you're wondering, all the names used in my dissertation were names that the um, interviewees selected for themselves, but are not their real names. A lot of them used character names. Um, so she, ta- she has a story here where she talks about creating a necromancer. So if we take a look at the necromancer, I gave her a pretty rough backstory, you know. I had to come up with a reason why she would choose this as a way of life. The vast majority of people do not like spending time around dead bodies, even if they are animated. So why does she? And I went through and I came up with a backstory about how her parents had been necromancers because their land had been conquered. Clearly, they're going to have to be in fairly good shape physically, and they're not going to have a lot of time to lay around because if you keep an eye on zombies, they don't need to eat or sleep or rest or anything like that. So she would have a very athletic build. Um, So I went through and I found the athletic build for the body. And she's playing Guild Wars and she talks a little bit here about clothing choice. Um, You can't, there weren't a lot of choices. Uh, You have one style and then you change the color. Um, And I made her from a northern country, from a northern climate, Because it makes sense, the bodies would decompose less quickly. So you know, you could have zombies that stuck around more, or longer, I think she really meant there. So I put her in a pale blue clothing to sort of go with the uh, snow and ice, and I gave her pale hair and skin for the same reasons, and blue eyes. And I went from there. I gave her a slightly strange hairstyle because I figured this was her one real way of rebelling. She had to join the family business. She didn't have a choice in what she was wearing. So we'll spike her hair a bit. So take that, mom and dad. And she laughs at that. Um, But I try to develop the personalities and backstories um, and reasons for doing what they're doing and things like that for most of my characters. So... um, as I said, that was a really long backstory, and it just it just blew me away. I remember listening to her to her talk about this, um, both with with the level of detail with um, uh, how she related um, uh, the class to to the location. So she wanted something some uh, a northern um, country that would be more cold, would be colder. So you know the bodies would decompose um, more slowly. 
um, which we see with our White Walkers, Game of Thrones. If you haven't already, check out my friend Nicole's uh, podcast, Geeky Throne Girls, uh, or Geeky Thrones Girl. Um, uh, so we have a, a tradition of zombies sort of popping up in colder climates for this reason, because the bodies don't break down as quickly. So she goes into that. She goes into how that would reflect in her physicality and how her skin would look and how what color eyes she would have, how it would be an advantage to her to be in light colored clothing because she would blend into the snow, all of that um, to build into this story of this character that she was creating. And then she even ties in a little bit of like this rebellion of uh, let's have spiky hair so we can have a little bit of her her character expressing herself as well in this. Um, And again, it is the level of detail. It's the level of time and commitment that goes into this. Um, I think... Um, I had some of the role players actually send me like their written out backstories because many role players will go through um, like they do for for uh, tabletop role playing games and write out a backstory and write out the history of who their character is. So when they go into play, uh, they have a better idea of where their character's motivation is coming from. Um, I'm a little unclear in terms of like I'm not a, like I said, I'm not a role player myself. This isn't a process that I've gone through to, you know, create, um, this kind of backstory and history, uh, for any of my characters. So I'm not sure a hundred percent how much, um, that impacts like the choices that are made. Um, I know some of the other role players that I talked to and that I interviewed talked about having their characters fall in love with other characters they meant and playing specifically on role play servers, um, in World of Warcraft and other MMORPGs so that they would find more people who are inclined to role-playing. Um, and then they would create stories together, like you would meet somebody and then you would, you know, end up having um, uh, your character get into, you know, potentially romantic relationships or friendships, essentially, with other players who were also role-playing. So, yeah, it's it still stands as as one of those things that I just found to be absolutely delightful in in doing the research to think about the depth and the time and consideration that um, role players put into into this story making. And when I shared this with my dissertation chair, when I first came up with the categories and my dissertation started to take it's the direction it finally ended up in. The first thing she said when she put down the descriptions was, well, the role players are the most sophisticated of the gamer types that you have because they are so committed to taking on an identity without beyond themselves and acting it out and having it have so much um, impact on gameplay and choices in, in how they end up playing the game. So um, that is that is still stands, I think. Uh, not that other types of the other gamer types aren't sophisticated in how they approach the game. I will talk in the next episode at, at length about how in-depth mastery gamers go in terms of <laughs> diving into the games that they play. Um, but definitely being able to take that step outside yourself. It's very easy to kind of go into a game and represent yourself because it is who you are. Um, but it's different to go in and kind of create a whole nother identity and then play out that identity in game. 
So there you have it, the role player type, a couple of stories. Are you a role player? I would love to hear from some more role players. I would love to hear more backstories, more stories of what role playing was like for you in game. So hit me up at Twitter at DocLiz with two Zs. Uh, Catch me on um, the Geek Embassy my website and uh, keep an eye out for my next interview uh, with Trish Heinrich from um, who's an indie author which will be on the main um, podcast feed for Game on Girl uh, and will be coming out in uh, several days so keep an eye out for that and until next time game on